Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you're doing well. A lot to catch up on. Uh, a lot happening at the national level. We might dive into some of that. Very interesting attempt at impeachment hearings or whatever you want to call that sideshow. Uh, a lot to talk about that. But, you know, a lot of the work we do is focused on what happens at the state level. And that's the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And more specifically, religious liberty, pro-life, and marriage and family. And we do that in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. So if you're new to the show, we've got about, I don't know, 220 consecutive episodes under our belt. Four and a half years in running. We're really excited about that. And, you know, depending on when this show makes it to you, uh, as we're doing it live and recording, we are a day away from our Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala. That's November 15th. That's Friday in Houston on the west side. This is the largest event we're going to have for the year. Keynote speaker, Dennis Prager. All right. There are a couple of tickets left. Okay. We can still try to squeeze you in. We try to make room if people want to get to our events, uh, even though um, things are, we're in pretty good shape at this point. But so if you haven't gotten a ticket yet and you still want to jump in, Go to txvalues.org forward slash gala or just go to txvalues.org. If you can't remember that, we I just found out recently we do own the URL texasvalues.org. I'll mention that later, uh, some fun we have with that uh, as we were getting our organization going many years ago. But uh, So that is the big thing we're focusing on this week as far as just our organization, but there are other issues we're working on, but that's going to be a big event. The Lieutenant Governor's going to be there. We're going to be giving out awards for our Faith and Family Champions. That's House and Senate members that got a 90 or above. We're also having an event uh, uh, in three weeks in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So if you can't make it to Houston, if you're close to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, December 4th, Glen Glen Eagles Country Club in Plano. And one of the people that's going to be at that event is State Representative Matt Krause. And it just so happens he's our guest today. We're excited to have Representative Matt Krause on the show today. He's a fourth-generation Texan, uh, originally from Tyler, or that was where he was born. His uh, father was a pastor, a school teacher. We were talking off mic uh, that they were in the White House area, which some people don't know. That's one word, White House. That's a city in the state of Texas where Patrick Mahomes grew up. And, or at least played high school football. Many of y'all may know of him from Texas Tech. He now plays football uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. But um, Matt Krause also has a distinguished background as far as athletics. He was the male athlete of the year for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. But many of y'all probably know about him now because he's a state representative. He is a Texas House member uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And he has been someone that we have worked with very closely. He also is the author of the Safe Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Bill, otherwise known as the First Amendment Defense Act. And he's had quite an active year. And so when it comes to issues of religious freedom, when it comes to issues of faith and family, uh, you'll be hard-pressed to find anyone doing a better job than State Representative Matt Krause. Representative Krause, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's always good to be on. Well, we love to have you jump in from time to time because, you know, we know that you stay active on the issues we care about, usually have some personal involvement. I really was excited earlier this year, and I may have crossed paths with your family before. I don't remember specifically, but certainly got to see, I think, all of them in an event we had in Fort Worth earlier this year. That was a lot of fun. But the more recent thing that's happening is a little dust-up that's happened here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, really that pertains right in your district. There's a story that came out this week, and not a surprise that we see 
people doing this, but I still see sometimes it surprises me at the lengths that people will go to draw attention to themselves. But historically, we all know when it comes to Thanksgiving, we typically also in the United States, particularly in Texas, we think about football. Why? Because the Dallas Cowboys, as far as I can remember, they always play on Thanksgiving Day, right? So you're eating turkey, you're finishing up some dessert, wherever you are on the day. Usually, whether and, and that pertains to me, a guy in Houston, okay, and where a lot of people don't like the Dallas Cowboys, but there they are every year, and that's no different this year. And a big part of that usually is they have a halftime show. And in the past, what the Dallas Cowboys have done is they've used that used that halftime show to really highlight their relationship with the Salvation Army, which is a Christian-based ministry, probably one of the most well-known ministries not only in the country, but in the world that serves the homeless, that serves people, gives them shelter, feeds them a whole lot of charitable things. Well, the halftime report, uh, performer this year, Ellie Goulding, who I wasn't familiar with, uh, but apparently is, you know, is popular in some circles, was scheduled to do to be the performer. But it turns out that she posted about it, and, and she seemed to be excited about it, and then she got some pushback, I don't know by how many people um, and, and how you gauge that, but a few people on social media with the accusation that the Salvation Army is anti-LGBT. We've heard these complaints before. I've never really seen any substance to it, but a lot of it seems like because it relates to the fact that they're a Christian organization, they do have biblical beliefs, she has threatened to pull out of the first, excuse me, of the uh, halftime show if they don't not just show support, because they have something on their website that shows they show support or that they do outreach and serve the LGBT community with their homeless services and and food uh, services, but she wants them to give a donation. Um, I I imagine this has gotten some attention in your district and in your circles. I mean, when you mess with Thanksgiving Day and the Cowboys in Texas, that's not going to go over so well. Yeah, that's right. As I put on social media the other day, uh, if you come after America's team and America's charity, then you're in for a surprise. <laughs> and uh, for you, I and, wish I would have uh, thought of that. Nice work. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for for you and I, it's deja vu, right? And for That's anybody right. who followed the session and and religious liberty issues, that somehow uh, San Antonio City Councilman could deny a contract to Chick Fil A of all people because they gave a donation to the Salvation Army, right. who they considered an anti LGBT group. And as you just pointed out. I can't see anything in uh, their operations uh, in, in how they uh, go about doing their humanitarian work that in any way discriminates not only against the LGBT community, but anybody, uh, age, race, religion, sexual orientation, whatever it is. And so uh, for her to come back and say that she's going to threaten to uh, not perform at the halftime show because of that, uh, if you read my social media uh, wall, most people are saying, okay, well, good riddance. Uh, you, there's so many other people we could find uh, to come in to play to a sold-out stadium, AT&T Stadium, as you said, located in the heart of uh, HD93. Always a packed-out stadium on uh, Thanksgiving. Plus, that show is broadcast to millions of people uh, around the state, country, and uh, even world. They, they always have it on the uh, international military bases, too. Somebody wants to perform uh, in that limelight, in that stage, we can find somebody who's not going to try to bully uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Salvation Army. Well, and look, it's interesting, too, because, you know, you think about the existence, and to your point, America's charity, okay? And this really, to me, it, it seems it's really about politics. And that was our point was, 
you know, the political views of some people is to our encouragement is for the Dallas Cowboys to put charity before politics. And if this performer, Ellie Goulding, has a problem or a conflict of conscience or whatever her issue is, let her walk. And to your point, I'm sure they'll find someone that would love to be in that situation and that would fully appreciate it and not try to exploit it. And not only exploit it, I use the word extortion in one of the quotes that we put out because she's made it clear that she's not going to back off. At least that's what she was saying earlier this week. I imagine she's reconsidered that some because there's been a ton of pushback because it just seems so uh, over the top. But she has said, you know, she she'll um, withdraw her threat to cancel if uh, specifically if one thing that that Salvation Army does is give a donation to LGBT groups. So what I hear is she wants money taken away for what Salvation Army does to, to feed the homeless, to feed the poor, to shelter the homeless, excuse me. And a lot of that, they clearly on their website, they specifically say they have outreach to LGBT communities because they see them as more vulnerable in some of these situations. And that's not enough. She wants money taken away from those efforts and then given to LGBT groups. That, to me, is a form of extortion. Or, you know, she's going to cancel her show. I um, I think the ratings are already going to be good for the Cowboys game. And I think she probably had the most to benefit than this whole process. But... This is what we've seen is this trend of people not just attacking organizations, but getting into this aspect in this space of donations. Because I think for so many people, they realize that's the lifeblood a lot of times. If we can somehow, you know, if they can somehow make a dent or have an impact on donations, right? That's what happened with Chick-fil-A. They were um, scrutinized and punished and targeted because of donations they gave to the Salvation Army. If this this other side, if you will, and I think that's their thinking, if they can make it harder or they can make it seem um, concerning or out of step or unpopular to donate to certain organizations and cast a cloud over them, particularly ones that are Christian based, it's going to be hard for them to exist. That's what they're trying to do and divert that money somewhere else. But, you know, to your point, uh, when I, I mean, you know, you ask people, if they know the Salvation Army. I bet you get just about close to 100%. You ask them if they know who Ellie Goulding is, you know, I don't know what that's gonna, how that's going to turn out, particularly in Texas. And so that's what I've seen is a lot of pushback because it seems to be very self-serving, and that certainly isn't what the Salvation Army is about. That, that's right. And, and if you really think about it, I mean, how, how many of us have uh, gone to a department store, a, a convenience store, um, a supermarket during Christmas time, seen those individuals out there ringing the bell, with those red buckets and dropped a, a dollar or some coin, something in there. Basically, uh, what Ellie Goulding and others are saying is that if you've done that, you're a bigot who discriminates because you are now supporting the Salvation Army who supports discrimination. And I don't think, I think that's just a bridge too far for a lot of people. Uh, they know the work of the Salvation Army. And again, the irony is, as you just pointed out, they do a lot of work for the LGBT, LGBT community and in the LGBT community. So if they were forced to give a donation somewhere else, they're actually hurting their ability to impact and help out that community. So it doesn't make sense on a lot of different levels, but it just shows the links that a lot of people go to, uh, as you said, to try to publicly shame those who live out uh, Christian culture and Christian worldview, especially in the in the business community. Well, and that's that's the way it feels like, too, is is it's an effort to pressure people for them to, you know, really drop their Christian identity, to really cut themselves off or, you know— 
in their association as a Christian entity and somehow then it'll be okay. But a lot of it feels like, you know, sometimes you just can't please certain people. I mean, when it comes to certain issues that it seems like there's nothing that you can do if you in, in any way consider yourself a Christian and people know about that publicly, particularly if you're an organization, and if there was something you did in the past or whatever, I mean, just, it's an unreasonable and almost unattainable standard. And a lot of times it's just based on bad information, you know, and, and you know, whether or not, I don't know what time or what sources she looked at. I saw some suggestion that she said she did some research after, I think she said something to the effect of, you know, after I did some research, I discovered. And so I don't know what kind of research that she did or what information she was provided, but it doesn't seem to be very accurate and seems to be really um, with, with trying to get to one particular outcome. We saw that with San Antonio, right? It, it seemed that they had made up their mind. This is what they were going to do. They were going to try to make a statement and make an example out, out, um, out of Chick-fil-A. Now we have a statewide law, and people can see that law at SaveChickFilA.com, also known as the First Amendment Defense Act. But you and I know there's a whole lot more in that law than just about protecting Chick-fil-A. It's about making sure the government can't punish people for donations or for your membership in an organization that's religious because of what we saw in the city of San Antonio and what we see now happening here. Uh, Obviously, Ellie Goulding's not the government, but I'm sure this is part of a collective effort to make it out of step and unpopular, and hopefully some people want that reflected in government policies. And, and we see this growing trend, but now we've got this statewide protection. So if you're a business owner, if you're a church, um, the way that religious organization is defined in this now statewide law, it also includes churches. There are a lot of people that don't want people giving to churches because they think they're you know a little too Christian. That's right. That's right. And, and I think, as you said, the statewide law that... Uh thanks to your help and your team's help, uh, we were able to get to the governor's desk this last session, has far-reaching implications for the preservation of religious liberty. And people would say, why do you need this? Why do you need this? Well, the Chick-fil-A San Antonio City Council situation highlighted it, but this does too, because as you said, people are starting to, it's not only enough to say, I disagree with where you're spending your money or who you're associating with. We want to penalize you. Luckily in Texas, we're not to the place yet where the, the government the state government is doing that penalizing, but we've seen that in other states around the country. We've seen it in local governments in the state. That's why it's so important, because if we can get to the point where the government can penalize somebody for who they associate with, who they donate to, uh, or who they affiliate with, that can have a chilling effect on uh, the exercise of religious liberty here in the state. Well, let me read off a couple of bo- bullet points from the SaveChickFilA.com website in, in a one-pager that we put together and, and look, it was a Senate bill. You and I know how this goes. I mean, it's a Senate. It's a House version. We remember some of the history of this. This bill was dead. We like to say it was resurrected. Uh, a lot of drama in the House. You did right. incredible work along with your colleague, Senator Brian Hughes. So here's some of the bullet points that relates to the protection in this Texas law that was signed earlier this year. Um, if you have a situation where someone call, um, w- with your relation with the government, if you're seeking a grant with the government, if you're seeking a contract, a subcontract, if you're involved in some cooperative agreement, if you want to get a loan, people are like, well, how would that relate to the government if I get a loan? Um, have you ever uh, been in a situation where you're going to college, you're getting your master's degree, and you're trying to get a loan, and maybe you have to get some type of financial aid? A lot of times the government has a role in that. What about a scholarship? A lot of public universities give out scholarships. That's the government. What about a license? 
I don't know, your driver's license, your license to work. I mean, think about all the different kind of approvals that sometimes you have to get in the state of Texas or at the local level just to work or just to uh, live out your life. Registrations, accreditations, employment. There are a whole lot of things that come into play that we don't think about. All those things are covered. And here's the point. If the government in any way tries to deny you those things, tries to deny you a grant, a contract, a scholarship, a license, because someone finds out that you're a member of an organization or that you give donations to an organization like the Salvation Army. Uh, Case in point, you are protected. And as I mentioned earlier, it's also about churches. Um, There are a lot of people that give to churches that some people, we saw this on the Senate floor, some people think the churches are, you know, they follow the Bible a little too closely on some issues, and they want the government to take a closer look at that. All those things are protected. That, you know, covers just about, I don't know, I wouldn't say it covers everybody, but it covers a pretty large percentage of people, not just Chick-fil-A. That, that, that's exactly right. It, it has far-reaching impacts and effects for, for the state and for religious liberty in the state. And so, and again, we're seeing it play out here. Now, right now, you don't have any governmental entity involved. So uh, whether the Cowboys or the Salvation Army choose to give in to the demands of uh, Ellie Goulding and those by, uh, behind her, that's up to them. But what we, what we know for sure and, and what gives me peace is that we know in Texas the government cannot be forcing the Cowboys, the Salvation Army, and others to make those decisions. And so uh, I, I really do think this was an overreach and an overstep uh, by the performer and, and by those advocates who think the Salvation Army is a, somehow a, a discriminatory group because people know their work. They know the good work they've done for over 100 years uh, throughout our country. And the Cowboys and the Salvation Army have had a strong relationship for decades. So this was the, uh, the wrong time, the wrong place, and the wrong charity to pick on. Uh, and, and I'm uh, optimistic that the Cowboys and the Salvation Army will stand strong and do the right thing. Well, and it'd be interesting to see how this plays out. She's getting a lot of pushback so far. It doesn't seem to be like a whole lot of support. Maybe some people, but it seems to kind of have backfired on her. But one thing we're going to be watching, and I don't know the makeup of the Arlington City Council. I don't know who's um, in Tarrant County in some of these governmental positions. It wouldn't surprise me at all. If you see if they've got some advocates in some of those governmental entities to step up and maybe try to suggest, well, we got to make sure we've got policy in the future and all those kind of things, which is even more reason why it's important that we now have this state law, because you sometimes will see local officials. They don't know the law that well on these issues, and that's not because they're not intelligent. It's just not an area where they usually come across all that law a lot or have depth or they've been lobbied by somebody and given misinformation. So we're going to keep our eye on it as it gets a lot of attention. And, you know, look, and, and we're right in the middle of football season. Boy, I wish the Cowboys would have done a whole lot better the other night. They've got to, get, they've got to be focusing hopefully more on football than to not be distracted by uh, some of the stuff that's going on this week on this issue. But I know you've got a lot of important things that you're dealing with. We just had elections, a constitutional amendment election. We know Prop 4, which people talked about. A lot passed and a lot of things that people are discussing as we start to turn things towards this next round of elections going into 2020. A lot of the work we're doing is trying to get churches to engage more, trying to let people know in churches that it's completely legal for pastors and church leaders to say from the pulpit, there's an election, go out and vote. What an impact we'd have if we just saw more of that. That's right. And and even one step further, uh, it's perfectly legal uh, for uh, pastors to get uh, 
uh, informed on the candidates and go to their uh, congregation and say, hey, here's what the Bible says about a certain issue. Here's what candidate A believes on this issue. Here's what candidate B believes on this issue. What do you think, uh, where do you think the, uh, the biblical values align with these two candidates? You're not endorsing, you're not opposing, you're informing. Pastors can do that all day long on every issue under the sun. And I would hope that our churches do get involved because if they don't, somebody else is and their voice isn't being represented in the political process. The churches can do a lot uh, in terms of political activity. They need to know the law. They need to know what their rights are. And they need to uh, use that accordingly to make their voice heard uh, in their congregations and in their communities. Well, I know uh, Representative Krause has has a number of things to do uh, today and meetings to get to, and we're excited to have him on. I want to just mention one more time, if you're interested in coming to our event in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, that's on December 4th. That's a lunch event at Glen Eagles Country Club. That is in Plano, Texas. Um, and so he will be there, a number of other um Interesting folks, elected officials, uh, influencers, activists, a lot of our folks will be there. And uh, we're looking forward to having that event and telling people about what happened during the legislative session. We'll be recognizing our faith and family champions, which included Representative State Representative Matt Krause and others that afternoon. But um, you can get tickets to come to this event. It's not a private event. So go to TXValues.org if you're up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And Representative Krause, we'll look forward to seeing you on December 4th at our event there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yes, sir. Look forward to seeing you and uh, go Cowboys. Amen. Well, it's great to have Representative Krause on. We know he's got a lot going on and we know sometimes these issues flash up and come up. It's great to hear his perspective from something right there in his district. How fun is that, right? Cowboys Stadium is in your district, but it's also about representing the value of the people that care about. It's not just about the football team. I mean, there is an important role that is communicated or important message that's communicated from that particular area of the state in having an interest in staying on top of these issues. He was right on top of it when this came out. So was, so was our organization. You know, and, and sometimes these things happen quickly. You want to make sure that the counter message comes out very quickly. Otherwise, it'll start to get traction, and then the stories will just multiply, and there's no kind of response from the other side, so to speak. And if you've ever been to one of our events, you'll hear me use the phrase or the quote from the Bible, Proverbs 18, 17, which says, He who presents his case first seems right until someone steps forth to challenge him. And that's what we saw in this situation. Thankfully, Representative Krause stepped up, and so did others. Just as a reminder, the Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala is this Friday. If you're listening to this uh, before 7 p.m. on Friday, November 15th, you still have an opportunity to come. We we do still have a few tickets available. We'd love to have you be a part of it. It's going to be a great event. Dennis Prager is our keynote speaker. We're also going to get a state of the state update from Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. He's going to talk to about us to us about what's happening on the issues of faith, family, freedom. We're giving out the Kelly Shackelford Award. Man, you got to come to hear the story about the person that is getting the Kelly Shackelford Award. Uh, Pastor Tovar, oh my gosh. Okay, we might have to edit that out on the um, on the <laughs> on the uh, the um, the uh, the recorded version, but uh, I lost my train of thought. So we're having this great event in Houston called the Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala, and we're going to have a great group out there, and we want you to see all the awards that we're giving that night and hear about the important work that so many people have done on the issues of faith, family, and freedom, and hear about the impact of the Safe Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Law. Hear about the pro-life law 
Senate Bill 22 that is, uh, has been passed. We hear about the Born Alive Infant Protection Act. You're going to want to hear about all of these things that have been happening in the laws that have been passed. Pro-life work really was helped out on during this legislative session. Senate Bill 22 is a pro-life law that makes it clear that abortion providers cannot contract with the state. And a lot of people didn't realize the application of it. That also means if an abortion provider engages in providing sex education materials and contracts with the government, guess who was trying to do that? Planned Parenthood was trying to contract, or I guess maybe the opposite, Austin ISD was trying to contract with Planned Parenthood to provide um, abortion-related sex education services. Well, guess what? Planned Parenthood is out because of Senate Bill 22. So what a tremendous impact that law is already having for the pro-life issue as it relates to abortion, as it relates to abortion providers. You talk about a pro-life win. If you can make sure that abortion providers are not performing sex ed in public schools, that's a huge win when it comes to our issues. We hope that means it's less likely for this next generation to have that overwhelming influence of abortion providers in public schools. Because, look, I've heard stories for years about people saying that certain abortion providers are making um, making it giving opportunities for underage people to get to abortion facilities and have an abortion without parents knowing that violates state law but i have heard for years that some of that stuff is going on in public schools but now we've got a state law that should make it very clear make it more less likely that that happens but you'll hear more about that at the faith family and freedom gala that's november 15th this friday still a few tickets available we'll have more to talk about dennis prager Boy, you're going to want to hear what he has to say, and we'll have some follow-up about that next week. If you can't make it to the event and you just want to donate to our work, we need your financial support, all right? We've got a team of nine people, and we try to spread our work out across the state, but we can only do that if you invest in what we're doing. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Go to txvalues.org. Make your tax-deductible donation today, and we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.